Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, welcome back to the Baseball America Fantasy Podcast. This is your host, Jeff Ponce. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host and our lead fantasy analyst, who will be celebrating a birthday this week, <laughs> Dylan White. I'm putting you on the spot, birthday boy. How's it going, Dylan? That's not too bad. Not too bad. Just recovering from Easter Sunday, the long weekend. And uh, yeah, it's now Easter Monday when we're recording it. Is that a thing? Easter Monday? I guess it is, right? So yeah, that's oh, it makes sense. <laughs> Monday after Easter, you got to recover from all those candy eggs and eating lots of sweetened sweetened ham. What do you guys do? You have do you have a thing you do in Canada? Is there a Canadian Easter tradition, or is it the same as as America? Do you guys uh, have an Easter tradition? Do you celebrate Easter? We do celebrate Easter. We have the Good Friday off. That's a statutory I meant in holiday. Canada. I meant like you specifically. Yes, I figured Canada. Uh, it used to just be a I have to see my parents type of thing because my dad's birthday is April 1st. My birthday is April 12th. So oh. and Easter is usually around there. So it's like, I guess I got to go see my parents this long weekend, that type of thing when I was <laughs> at university and stuff. So I don't I don't think there's a turkey or ham or, or like Sunday roast or some sort of tradition. Um, I don't think we at least we never did. But uh, yeah, that that's my Easter Sunday. So. I ended up just watching baseball. Yeah, I uh, I ended up spending most of my time, uh, you know, with the kids. They got their baskets in the morning from the big old bunny and then uh, went to my parents' house. My father made a ham. Uh, really good mac and cheese he made, too, from scratch. It was, de- it was delicious. And, uh, and then they had an Easter egg hunt. And it was over in about four minutes because my parents were really bad at hiding things. Um, they've just always been bad at hiding things. You know, everyone's got different strengths, different weaknesses, just like your fantasy team. Look at that segue. I tied it right in. Strengths and weaknesses sometimes might be physical as well. That's one of O'Neal Cruz's weaknesses. It seems like he's got a little bit of trouble sliding into bases. Big injury, really unfortunate injury. I think there was a lot of folks that had a lot invested in in O'Neal Cruz this year, at least for their team's. You know, it looked like he could potentially be a breakout, somebody that's really exciting to watch. I think just as a baseball fan, even beyond the fantasy dynasty connotation. But anytime there's injuries like this, and there were a lot of injuries this week, actually, with widely owned players, there's always opportunity that lies on the other side. So, Dylan, I'm going to put you on the spot now with some of these names. O'Neill Cruz, what are we reading? What are we hearing? Who do we think is going to be the big winner in terms of the available playing time now in Pittsburgh with, I believe Cruz is having surgery as well. So he's going to be on the shelf for quite a while. If I'm not yeah. Mistaken. So he had the surgery had from the surgery. what I hear and he's out for four months. Um, so I'm hearing it's like going to be Rodolfo Castro playing short, which means Juwan Bay is probably going to get a lot of run at second base. Um, I think he, uh, 
you know, putting aside any of the off-field stuff. I think he's he's the one that you would be targeting for uh, fantasy production. He's going to, you know, he's got a little bit of pop, maybe 10 home runs or so, and then stolen bases in the 20s probably. He's already gotten two. He got two on the first day, I believe. Um, he also has outfield eligibility, so he's going to be the interesting one. I know it. O'Neill Cruz was having that breakout. He was, his strikeout rate is quote unquote, only 20%. Um, he was has 17 and a half percent walk rate. Uh, he obviously had the max EV of like 116 miles an hour. You know, he's got the 2020 up to 30, 30 potential. It was all looking good. And I know that, uh, it, like you said, it has damaged a lot of fantasy teams. I know in a couple mains, uh, TGFBI OCs, he's been dropped, um, which, you know, there's maybe a stash opportunity a bit later. It's playing the chicken game of when do you when do you try to pick him up before your league mates do? Um, but yeah, real tough injury for O'Neill Cruz. I really wanted to see him play a full year. Um, so yeah, disappointing. What what do you think? Yeah, I think this is what my friend Gray Albright would call a bit of a situation. Uh, <laughs> not necessarily an opportunity you want to get involved in. I think you know, like. They're all guys where there is some potential upside. Um, like Castro, I think, you know, Guijon Bay, who last time I had watched him, he was like in the outfield predominantly. Um, but there's an opportunity there. I think he runs a little bit. Um, I always kind of like Castro as like a deep sleeper when he was coming up, like through the Pittsburgh system. There's some pop there. Um, I never thought the approach was real great. He's not really the type of guy that, you know, I roster all over the place, but that said, like you're in an NL only league or, you know, you're looking for, um, you know, potential opportunities. It looks like he's walking a lot this year, actually, because it's only 18 at bat. So I shouldn't get ahead of myself, but, um, you know, I can see, you know, he's 23 years old. Like I said, there's some pop in the bat. It's a guy that hit, you know, throughout his career in the minors. Um, you're not going to get much speed there, but I think like if you can get, Double digit home runs, which he did last year, and maybe with like more playing opportunity, it's like 15, 16, 17, 18 plus. Okay. Like he's probably going to drain your batting average a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, their, their potential options here, but I suppose, I suppose it could be worse. Um, is, 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 is Jihuan Bay your pick here to sort of, rise above the fray or yeah i think so i think um i had rodolfo castro in a 15 team dynasty and we dropped him just because roster crunch yeah um but bay is basically rostered everywhere even before this injury so i think he's kind of the clear if he wasn't rostered before he's probably rostered now he went for like 50 bucks in uh i think a main one of my mains this this week um, but he was gone the week before early because of the, the stolen bases. He's kind of like the, maybe he could be the John birdie, a flyer that everyone's hoping for, for this year. Um, so yeah, it's I think it's a little, be- a little more power probably like there's more upside there, you know, um, than, than birdie or maybe yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Birdie, I just birdie the guy that could good. steal 30. Yeah. Like, that's true. Up and then like steals third, like Bubba Thompson or sure. And he hasn't, he just hasn't played shortstop in like a really long time, you know? 
my hope is that somehow this opens up opportunities for uh, Kanan Smith and Jigba uh, because I have him all over the place. And in like both of my NL only leagues was a guy that I picked up off the waiver wire because he hit the ball well early in camp. I kind of like him anyway. Left-handed bat, gets on base, you know, a little bit of pop. Um, but I think we'd probably need another injury for that one to happen because we got McCutcheon and Reynolds and Jack Swoon Inski. Swoon Inski. Um, old bad joke, sorry. Uh, in center field. So I don't know if it's going to open up any opportunities because he doesn't play in the infield. But I guess, you know, somebody else goes down. You never know. Some DH time maybe. I don't know. Um He's the guy in Pittsburgh that I like the most as a sleeper. So I guess the injury was just in the wrong spot <laughs> for my particular fantasy squads. But yeah, you're right. And, and both of those guys were actually owned in all of my NL only leagues. So not a whole lot there. All right. The next one, and this one breaks my heart because I have quite a few um, shares. Shares the right word? Is that, a, is that still an appropriate term to use? Shares of Michael Harris II. Um, strain lower back. I don't think he's going to be on the, the aisle that long. I would say that this is probably like a minimal sort of IL stay. You know, he's 22. Get the heating pad on there. Rest up a little bit. Michael, he should heal up well. Um, so this is really more of a temporary situation. It looks like Sam Hilliard, as we were talking about offline, um, one of my old Rockies and Hartford boys, um, kind of a weird, freaky athlete for his size, too. Um, it looks like Hilliard's going to get some playing time and run in the interim. interim. Um, he's really interesting to me because he's had some big steal numbers in the past. He hasn't had in a while, but maybe with more opportunity, more at-bats, we could see a little bit of power speed upside. You know, he always walked in the minors too. Um, are you a Hilliard guy? Is there anybody else in this, this mess that you're interested in? Uh, I, I am kind of a Hilliard guy. Uh, Hilliard. I, I Hilliard I do think, I do think it is going to be a minimal IL stint. I think that they're saying it's just going to be the ten days, and he's already missed three. I think um, Hillier's kind of like the Dylan Moore type, where it's like the batting average is not good, but it's like twenty yep. home runs, thirty stolen bases type of thing. If it was uh, prorated for six hundred plate appearances, so sure. I used to I used to have Hilliard a lot when you play in Coors, so I get him for those weeks um, just to get some counting stats. Um, so yeah, I kind of like Hilliard, but like, it's not a long-term investment. Harris is going to be back soon. Um, but he has, I mean, Harris hasn't really been uh, hitting very well. He has like a 46 WRC plus like 67% ground ball rate. I think he's yeah. still chasing the way he was. Like it's, it's not like he's. The skills aren't the great, sir. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you're, I mean, you want him back obviously, but it's not like you're missing him on your team because he was doing so much production. So Yeah. Not, nothing really there other than Harris is injured. Hopefully this, you know, backs are scary uh, in general for careers, but uh, I think this is just a little bit of tightness just from a bad slide. Yeah, and that makes some sense. Uh, the next injury we're going to talk about, this is an unfortunate one here in Boston, and that is Adam Duvall with a fractured wrist, which it's going to be a while, and when guys come back from these injuries – they are not always 100%, and it's the power that slips and slides. He was absolutely raking, looked like an actual find for the Red Sox, maybe the first of high and Bloom's tenure here in Boston. Um, but this is an unfortunate one. Um, we've seen more play from Ramiel Tapia in center field. They called up Bobby Dahlback, who I know you had mentioned 
um, could be playing shortstop and that Enrique Hernandez could be moving to center field more often. That's really scary. That honestly downgrades Boston pitching more than it's already been downgraded. If you have Bobby Dahlback playing shortstop, no disrespect to Bobby, but they moved him off a of third base to first base. And, you know, the arm was good. I never thought he was a terrible defensive third baseman. I have never for one minute in my life thought that Bobby Dahlbeck would play shortstop in the major leagues, but here we are. Right. Um, What's your takeaway here? Do you think there's any big winners? Is it Tapia? He had a, a nice homer the other day, but it's still 29-year-old Romeo Tapia, someone I once ranked as a top 25 prospect. I have my misses. <laughs> I always like Tapia, too, because of the Colorado factor. Yeah. Um, I think I think we, we were talking off air as well that uh, the Red Sox have this brutal, well, I guess not brutal, this odd uh, uh, span of like six of seven pitchers are facing our lefties. And I think it's like 11 of 13 or something like that. Um, so I think they, they are going to put Jaron Duran in eventually once they get past those lefties, kind of put him in a position to succeed. So he doesn't do any more pouting. Uh, speaking of Tapia and the grand slam that, uh, Duran gave up quote unquote. Anyway, sorry, I, I digress. I think, <laughs> I looked at I looked at Adam Duvall. I, I didn't even realize how well he was doing. I know he was doing well. I knew he had like the walk off home runs and all that, but he was like second uh, in year to date uh, value earned this year behind yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Oh yeah, he was uh, raking. Yeah, yeah, like fourteen RBIs. It, it's uh, and he, he plays good defense too, which is uh, yeah. which is surprising, obviously. For oh, yeah, he's a, a good, he's a good outfield. More more of a corner outfield guy. He's fine in center, but like. Yeah, good good corner outfielder. There's real pop in the bat. It's just always been the approach that I feel like has kind of limited his long-term viability wherever he's been. But it's not bad. Yeah, so I mean, it, uh, obviously losing Duvall is going to be huge for people who had him. I don't know if Duran's going to be the answer. Uh, I think it's good for Enrique Hernandez, especially with this this uh, <laughs> two-week stretch against lefties where he's going to probably hit at the top of the order. He's going to have... He was already going to have shortstop eligibility pretty soon. He he, he has outfield right now only. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I guess you'd have to go with Duran. I don't know if it's Tapia. I don't know if it's Ref Snyder. I know that they have put up some yeah. good, pretty good numbers. Connor Wong at, at, at catcher for all these lefties that they're <laughs> facing. Yeah, no, that's true too. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think really there's no, there's no real actionable news other than uh, grieving the loss of Adam Duvall. Oh, poor Adam Duvall. Um, everybody's favorite closer sleeper um, and 100-mile-per-hour thrower, Andreas Munoz of uh, the Seattle Mariners. He also went down with an injury. Um, if you're, this was like a complicated name for whatever it was. <laughs> I forget what it was. Like. Strain, I think. What, what was it? A deltoid strain, I think. Yes, yeah, so, which, which is a strained shoulder. Um, which is never, never great to hear. I think this just pushes up Paul Seabold's value. You got Matt Brash with some more high leverage opportunities and maybe Penn Murphy, my guy, Penn Murphy, you know, potentially comes into play here a little bit too. But um, I like Seawald as like a, like an underrated guy who is probably going to get like at least 50% of the saves share coming into the season. So um, this injury is justifying that. So I guess it's helping me a little bit in a couple of my leagues where I have Seawall. But 
Um, any other big takeaways there? We're kind of flying through these now because they're not as important. Uh, no, I, I think uh, from what I hear, uh, deltoid strains in general could either be just like a couple days or a couple months, but it sounds like this is one of the couple days variety. So Seawolt hopefully can, can nab a few saves. Um, hopefully this isn't a long-term injury for Munoz because he's electric and it's fun watching him pitch. Um, that three-headed monster they have in, in Seattle is, is pretty fun too. Um, so yeah, I have, I have Munoz in a couple places. I also have Seawolf in a couple places. So it's uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're split a little bit. Um, yeah. Next one, everybody's favorite personality in baseball, uh, joking, Josh Donaldson went down with a strained hamstring. We know how hammies are, man. They can sometimes be you know, minimum stay. Sometimes they can you know, be a month, and then you're back for three days, and then you inherit it again, and you're gone for another month. He's older. I mean, at this point, you know, Donaldson is, is uh, what, 36, 37, actually, 37. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be investing too much at this point in Donaldson to begin with. But if you have him someplace, I don't really know if there's an obvious ad, right? I mean, like DJ LeMay, he was going to play third base. Um, his playing time is, I guess, guaranteed. Glaber's playing every day. That's guaranteed. Um Volpe is still batting ninth and, you know, whatever questions you may have about Anthony Volpe at this point, I don't think it's going to push him out of the lineup. Um, I don't even know if it impacts anyone anywhere other than somehow Franchi Cordero is back in the major leagues again with a job, but not. Yeah. Franchi is actually doing pretty well. He's, uh, well, I mean, in the, in the brief few games he's played, his, his strikeout oh, rate is Franchi will get you to bite. That's what Franchi does. Yeah, Franchi is another Sam Hillier, Dylan Moore type guy with the power and the speed, but terrible hit tool. Um, and they, they called up, Will- <coughs> excuse me, they called up Willie Calhoun as well. Oh, so yeah, think, that's right. I think really all that does is just give DJ more sort of regular playing time. And if we know Josh Donaldson and his leg injuries, they're they're not usually just 10 days. They're usually nagging oh, all no. So um, I think this is kind of what people who had DJ Lemieux who were kind of hoping in terms of playing time that he'd get when it was kind of looking sketchy, especially when they called up Volpe, where would DJ play? But so I think it's best for him. Um, he did lead off yesterday and then today he's got a day off. They got uh, IKF playing uh, third base today, actually. Um, but yeah, I think DJ LeMay is the one with the arrow up. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Next injury here as we kind of roll through these. Um <sighs> Do you have, do your roster Joe Musgrove anywhere? I do actually. Yes. <laughs> How frustrating was it to be like, oh, he's coming back. I'm going to get him back next week. I can't wait to activate this guy. I have him in a 30 team league actually. And he's kind of like my de facto ace though. Kodai Sanga currently seems to be filling in admirably, admirably. That's the word I shouldn't try to say. Um, but uh, yeah, man, this kills me because now it's a shoulder injury and the fractured toe didn't really bother me that much. I felt like it was a really good discount during draft season. Um, this shoulder injury and anything with shoulders really just is like the worst thing with pitchers. So I'm hoping that it's minimal, but I don't think he's played catch yet. If I remember correctly, reading the news before we topped on here and they're kind of going to take it slow. So we don't know what's going to happen here with Joe Musgrove. Hopefully it is minimal. And by the time this comes out, Joe's going to make play some catch with his dad in the backyard and have a moment and uh, we'll be good to go. I don't know. Um, But 
I don't know if this just keeps the same guys. In the, they're, they're running a six-man right now anyway. But I would imagine this is good for, I guess, Ryan Weathers. Because I don't think they're taking Nick Martinez and certainly not Michael Walker the way he's pitched out of the rotation. Um, so I guess it's like Weathers and Lugo and like who do you like there? Um, are there any options you're adding here or just sort of like lamenting the loss of Joe Musgrove? It's pretty much lamenting the loss. I uh, I did take him in TGFBI because right around that round, it was when uh, it kind of sounded like he, he may only miss like two starts. They weren't totally sure of the prognosis. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to take him because I can wait a week. And then it turned out to be uh, obviously what it was. And then it looked like he was coming back. This is the, the whole roller coaster ride. He was going to come back and pitch tomorrow. This is what they were thinking last week. So you'd have actually a two-start week. So not only would he come back, but you have a two-start week. And then they said, oh, actually, now they're going to give him another rehab start. So then it was going to be maybe a Sunday start, which is always dicey. Because if that gets pushed back, you've lost the week. And now he's got the shoulder thing. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's not been fun for Musgrove. I've been holding him the entire season. Uh, and, uh, I'm starting to kind of regret that. (laughs) Oh, well, at least it's only been a couple of weeks. Let's hope that maybe it's just a few more weeks in the IL and then he's back doing his thing. Um, you know, better to end well than to begin well. Right. I think Confucius said that, or at least I got it in a fortune cookie and they credit it to him. Um, let's move on to some happy news, Dylan, before we play some fun sell or buy, buy or sells, you know, whatever. Um, Francisco Alvarez, everybody's favorite troll, catcher, he calls himself troll, so that's okay, um, was called up to the Mets. I mean, I don't know how much he's playing at this point. Behind the plate, he's not great. The bat is the big selling point here. What are you feeling on Alvarez? I don't think – I didn't check on the lineup today, which is Monday when we're recording this. I know he was in the lineup on Sunday for the first time. Don't know if he's playing today or not, but – what okay, there you go. So what are your feelings on Alvarez? I kind of feel like it's one of these call-ups where he might be riding the back and forth bus from you know flushing to Syracuse a little bit more than he'd probably like. I hope they have a plane and not a bus, but still, you know what I'm saying. Um, I don't know, man. Like I love Alvarez, I love the power upside. I just wish they would slot him in a DH and let him mash, man. Just let him do it. You know, you trade in the biggest beefy boy for a slightly less beefy boy. In Francisco Alvarez, I guess he was going to play Vogelbach and platoon him with Tommy Pham, which fine, okay, I get it. But bring him up, let him play. Bring up Beatty too. Beatty's back. He's making crazy plays at third base, man. Like let's let's bring these bring back the boys. Let the young the young Mets, you know, drive the bottom of this order, man. It'd be a much more interesting lineup if they had those two guys at the bottom of the lineup as opposed to Vogelbach slash Tommy Pham and Eduardo Escobar. But I digress. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you know, I love Francisco Alvarez. Um, I didn't actually bid on him in the leagues I could in the redraft leagues because he's got utility only right now. And he came up and he's only played, I think, one out of four games. And so, like, how long do I have to wait before he gets catcher eligibility? Because I think that's where you want him, obviously. Um, I don't think he's worth it at util yet. And then Starling Marte had that neck strain or whatever you want to call it. And so it sounds like so Tommy Pham will probably get the, the playing time there, which means there's an opening at DH. But then today they didn't they didn't play him. So I don't know what's going on. I, I hope they play him. Um, Omar Narvaez is out for a while. Um, so I hope they at least play him just to see what they got. 
and then like you said get bring up Brett Beatty and and have him play too because uh yeah I don't know I just feel like the the Mets season was supposed to be this dream season and then they lost Edwin Diaz their pitching hasn't really been there and so like why don't you kind of you know inject new blood and get some get some uh ink spill digital ink spilled on uh how you're playing all your young guns damn it I was muted I said play your young guns come on do it Steve Cohen yeah exactly fans demanded of you sir and you're a man of the people, so let's make it happen. I got some other good news for you because we went through so much bad news. We got some have some good news now. Dre Jameson is in the rotation on a scale of one to five, five being incredibly excited. You're going to run through your house and scream, one being a really bad dry cookie. How excited are you for Dre Jameson? Uh, I, I'm reasonably excited. I'm happy for him. He, I, I mentioned a couple podcasts ago that I kind of liked him in the bullpen because he was dominant. He was mm-hmm. he could do multiple innings. Um, he could eventually be the closer, maybe even. Um, like I saw him strike out Mookie Bats and like just kind of he, he went through the the Dodgers. Um, they got him <laughs> the second time around, but he he was looking really really sharp. Um, so him being in the rotation, I'm sure that's probably where he wants to be. Uh, and I think he will be good. Uh, so I, I'm as excited as I was. He, he uh, as excited as I was as a, a guy who will be like a Michael King type where, you know, you throw 80 to 90 solid ratio innings with good, with good strikeouts. Um, I think that's kind of what you're going to get the equivalent of that when he's in the, in the rotation. Um, so I, I'm I'm happy for him. Uh, I don't. I have him in a couple leagues. I I didn't. Uh, he was basically owned in the other leagues, so uh, didn't really get a chance in the redrafts to pick him up. But I already have him in some other leagues, so I, I'm happy. I, I I think he'll do. I think he'll do quite well. Like a 1.25 WHIP, a 4.00 ERA, and yeah. getting better as getting better as the season goes on. So yeah, and I like the stuff. I mean, I thought the slider was tremendous. He's got a deep arsenal of pitches. Um, like you said, he throws hard. He's got a couple of different fastball shapes. He's a good stuff guy. Um, definitely somebody that I've been a big dream Jameson guy since he was at ball state. Um, you know, he was one of my like draft sleepers that year. So, um, I got some history with old Dre. And then I think he was a guy that I had written up as like someone you needed to get everywhere back at like the beginning of 2021 when I was still at our old site prospects live. Um, so, yeah, I've always been a big Dre Jamison guy. He was good in the pen. He was good last year at the end of the season when they called him up and had him in the rotation. So we've seen him have some success here. Now we just need, like, Madison Bumgarner to retire and then to bring Brandon Fat into the picture. And then we'll all be happy guys because everybody wants a little bit of Brandon Fat. Um, but that's all the happy news that we have. And we're going to have, I guess, some – we're going to have a question. It's, it's existential in a fantasy manner. And that is when is Vaughn Grisham going to come up? I know we've talked offline. I don't know if it changed after yesterday's games, but the last time I checked Vaughn Grisham was number one on Robo Scout, the early version of Robo Scout that you guys will be seeing. The, I think the first version of Robo Scout within the next couple of weeks, days, sometime by month. I don't know. Um, very shortly. <laughs> it will definitely be at the end of the month. Um, but what are your thoughts on on Vaughn Grisham? I'm Grissom. I am. I always say Grisham like John Grisham. I don't know. Ugh. Anyway, Grissom. Like, what are your thoughts there? I to me, I tried. I'm trying to acquire him everywhere I can because I'm like, if I have 
minor league spots and I can keep Vaughn Grissom in the minor league spots, like I will hold them for a month and a half until the Braves decide they're not punishing him any longer or whatever the heck is going on here. Because the offense is there, man. I mean, he's one of the best players in AAA. He was good last year. I think the kid is good. And if you're looking at dynasty, you're looking at long-term. And I think this guy's going to have reasonable return on value this season, especially with what you could probably trade to acquire him. What are your thoughts on, on Grissom? Because like you said, I don't know if it's changed, but I know RoboScout early was like, hey, this is the guy right now. Yeah, I know he's still he's still number one at AAA. Um, yeah, I mean, I obviously I like the skills. I think a friend of the pod, Jordan Rosenblum, uh, tweeted about how like his WRC plus projection is like higher than Ozzy Albies. And uh, who was it, Michael Harris, the other one? Um, yeah. So like obviously the bat works. Um, I don't know. I still don't really know what happened with the Braves sending him down. So if if it if there was something that happened off field or whatever, then yeah, maybe, you know, it's not the question of whether or not he. I, I don't think just to put it, I don't think it was anything like that. Um, I think like defensively, he was probably a weird fit. I don't understand why with, you know, the recent injury with Harris, why they wouldn't call him up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it is some service time type of stuff with games that they're playing here. Um, you know, I, I, I also to their credit, Orlando RC has been pretty good. Um, and has been somebody that they add, you know, that people have been adding in fantasy. I think I have him in, you know, and add him in a 16 team league or something like that. Um, so I mean, it hasn't been bad, but I think that, you know, Grissom certainly has more upside in those guys, right? Like we can't debate that. <laughs> no, definitely not. But so, but the Braves signed Arcia to an extension as well. I mean, not, not a lucrative extension really, but they, that they are showing confidence in him. I don't know. Is that as a backup? Um, what I do like is that, you know, you often see the, the, the cliche of they, they send someone like Grissom down the hotshot youngster who had a cup of coffee at the end of the, the previous year. And it was like, had high hopes for the next season and then gets sent down and then, you know, pouts or, you know, maybe is disappointed and, and doesn't get it going down there. And there's questions about his attitude. Um, kind of like what was happening with O'Neill Cruz last year, there was talks about him kind of being, uh, you know, kind of complacent down there, but you see he, Vaughn Grissom got sent down and he's just tearing the cover off the ball. So I think that's very encouraging. That's very good. He's not uh, letting it get to him and he's, you know, he's going to fight his way back. So uh, I do like Vaughn Grissom, definitely a target in dynasty, definitely a target in redraft at, at some yeah. point. And uh, he's going to go for a lot of money when, uh, when he finally gets the call. Depending upon what your league is like, like if you can roster this guy or you have an available bench spot, you can burn probably not that different from a lot of guys that you'd probably have to hold on to if they were suspended at the T, someone like that. You know, it's just, we don't know. Unlike the T's, we don't know what the ETA is potentially at this point, but it could be the end of the month, right? It could be June. Like he's going to be back in the major leagues at some point, you know, or they're going to trade him to someone who will and get whatever they need, um, you know, to reinforce their, their, their title run with newfound uh, long-term shortstop Orlando Garcia, I guess. But, All right, Dylan, let's take a quick commercial break here, and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. I think it's the first time I've remembered to do an actual clean commercial break in like three podcasts, so kudos to me. I'm in mid-season form already, Dylan. What do you say about that? But we're going to get into a little bit of buying or selling. I wrote buying or flying because I like the rhyming, but I don't know if flying really means anything. 
buying or selling. Um, first one we're going to throw out there. It is everybody's favorite last name. That is Chris Bubich. Um, what do you think about Chris Bubich? I know the stuff looks like it's up. The performance has been good. The stuff plus data on from EO Eno Saris, like is like well kind of meh. But I think sometimes with those, it takes a little bit to stabilize, and especially the type of pitcher that Bubich is. Um, you know, it's not always going to set off the stuff plus models. I love stuff plus models. I use them all the time. We use them all the time. I do think we have our own stuff that we use, but like, I, you know, it's not gospel. Like, you know, there's, there's like, if he's pitching well and there's opportunity there, which there is plenty of opportunity in, uh, you know, Kansas city. Um, I'm into it. Like, you know, he's 25, like left-handed pitcher. Like, the velo is up. Like, I don't I don't see any reason not to take a flyer on him. The, the places that I didn't take a flyer on Bubich were places where like I had enough starters or like just didn't didn't feel like I needed to like have him on my bench, which is probably stupid. Um, but the performance has been good. Like he's throwing strikes, he's striking guys out, the batting average against has been low. All of the ERA indicators are really good. Like his FIP is actually lower than his ERA. Um, if you like FIP, you know, you know, whatever. But I don't see any reason not to buy in. Are you buying or selling on Bubich? I'm buying and I bought him in yeah. uh, the, the, the fab leagues I'm in. So his first outing, he that's where he you know was getting some Twitter buzz about his stuff is up the fastballs up, the sliders got sh- sharper and there's more vertical separation on the changeup, et cetera. Um, and so it was a question of let, let's see if he can sustain into the second start, which was yesterday, Sunday against San Francisco. So yesterday he had 19 whiffs out of 76 pitches. He, he had a Z contact of 61% where like the lowest average Z contact in the majors is like 71% for DeGrom. So he had like two back-to-back great starts is my point. So, you know, you, you get the, I'm not saying he's Spencer Strider, but you get these guys once a, once a year who, who break out like Giolito or even Brady Singer is his, his teammate. Um, who end up having, you know, like a three and a half ERA, good whip, play the whole season. And I, I, I have a feeling that he could be that guy. The pitching bot, uh, Cameron Levy's model, um, has him with four above average pitches now. So, like, if you go by, if you kind of average the stuff plus and the, and the, the pitching bot plus, stuff plus, um, he, he's got stuff kind of in the Tyler Molly, Zach Wheeler kind of zone, if you if you look at it. So I don't know. I like it. I I'm tentatively cautiously optimistic. I, I want him to be the Brady singer of this year. Um, from the left side, he plays in a good park. So I like it. Um, and I'm by it. Yeah. I, uh, I wouldn't argue with you there. Like I said, I'm buying as well. Oh, so it looks like I might've picked the wrong guy in the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen. Because I have way too many shares of Sir Anthony Dominguez. I was like, he's better than Craig Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell's going to blow up. They want to give him an extension. Yada, yada, yada. He's 28 years old. It looks like I should have gone after Jose Alvarado. Um, which always makes you think of pork avado, which is a delicious dish. Um, but Jose Alvarado, so are you buying 
Alvarado, um, I, I guess you kind of have to at this point, regardless of being a lefty, he's striking out the world. Um, but as far as I know, hasn't got any saves yet. So where do we kind of fall on this? Are you buying Alvarado? I guess you probably already would have had to have bought him, but what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I bought him last week um, in a couple leagues and then uh, put in a bid, couple bids this week. I think I think he's the guy, even if... It was easy for me to do it because I, I got him in tout um, because it saves plus holds, so it doesn't matter. He doesn't have any saves. Um, he finished the year strong last year, um, but I didn't. I didn't pick him because of what you're saying. There's a lot of lot of mouths to feed in that Philly bullpen. They also got Gregory Soto as well, another lefty, and so it was just there was a lot of kind of four closers in that. So I, I stayed away. But then the skills started showing and that's kind of what happened with Andres Munoz last year where his K9 was just so good that even though he wasn't the closer he was just worth it and then he kind of eventually became co-closer so I got Alvarado and I, I a lot of the discourse on Twitter this past week was how much do you bid on Jose Alvarado who's I think he struck out 11 out of 14 guys his stuff plus is very high um but he doesn't have a save like he said so how much can you like conscientiously bid on this guy so I I got him uh, I think I forty six dollars and I'm very happy with it. I would have got up to ninety because in TGFBI where I lost Edwin Diaz in the second round, um, I, I'm fighting for saves and and ratios. Um, so he fit the bill for me. So actually I got him in TGFBI for ninety seven bucks yesterday, um, and I'm I don't regret it. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so there you go, man. You got him. I, I agree. All right. Alec Burleson, who has been playing, actually he's batting second last I looked, for the Cardinals, corner outfielder, just another outfielder in this outfield that is just, like, there's so many options. And when Lars Newbar eventually comes back to his become rightful heir and have his breakout candidacy fulfilled, my prophecy fulfilled, um, what are your thoughts there with Alec Burleson and, you know, overall, like what's, what sort of, uh, are you buying or selling? Cause I think I'm selling a little bit here. I'm buying in the interim. I think Burleson is fine, but like, I, I just don't think he's going to hold down the job long-term. I think he's going to end up being in a playing time conundrum soon enough. So buying or selling with Alec Burleson. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I think it's too risky to buy. Like you said, new bars are going to be back very soon. They also have Wanya Pez. And we already know the outfield situation before that. Um, I, I I would run with him if I have him. I would hold. I, I I don't know if I'd sell, but I think people are going to be tentative buying anyway. I know he's batted second against lefties, but like you said, Newbar's coming back. It's he's not going to be long for that that uh, hitting spot in the lineup. So yeah, it's more of a like not buying, but not really selling because I don't really think you're going to get that much. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, agree. Like, he's not somebody I'm necessarily buying or selling. Um, Ji-Huan Bay, we already discussed that one. I don't think we have to go back over that one, Don't Do you have anything additional to say about Ji-Huan Bay? I think we're kind of buying at this point because who else are you going to buy in Pittsburgh? Yeah, we don't need to talk any further. All right, Joey <laughs> Weimer. Joey Weimer is going off, man. Um, I love to see it. Uh, it looks like the contact has been a little better than we would have expected. Um, hey man, I've loved Joey Weimer since he had his really ugly swing on the Cape with you know Hardwich when he was a 
long blonde haired Cincinnati guy who got a lot of awkward Hunter Pence comps. Um, the approach is good. Like he's got a 16%. Uh, granted, it is 31 plate appearances, but he's got a 16% K rate and just a touch under 13% walk rate in 296, 387, 41. We know there's power. We know there's speed. There's opportunities abound there. Um, yeah, man, I, I had a couple places where I could have held on to Weimer in like shallower dynasty leagues. You guys actually let him go. I didn't protect him in um, Highlander, and I kind of wish that I did now. kind of feel like an idiot. I do have Sal Frelick, <laughs> who I think will be <laughs> up eventually, but um, Joey's, Joey's playing well, man, and he's making a name for himself. I think there's like such power and speed upside. I am absolutely buying 100%. So – no questions asked. You buying or selling on Joey? I didn't realize how good he was doing. I knew he, I knew superficially he was doing well, but I hadn't really dug in. And uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the swinging strikes at under ten percent. Uh, I do this sort of in-house, in-house, uh, in-season metric, uh, like kind of last thirty days and roll through. And he's like right in the middle. He's like directly average. Like he's a guy I expected would have like, like you're mentioning a high strikeout rate. And then like, so that's going to put pressure on the batting average and he'll be like the, the theme of this podcast, a Sam Hilliard slash Dylan Moore type um, where you got the power and speed, but you're not going to, you're not going to get the the batting average, but it looks like he's uh, for what it's worth, at least in these 30 plate appearances, he's uh, he's doing quite well and uh, strikeout rate and contact rate stabilizes fairly quickly so i mean it is possible that he's uh he's unlocked something here so it's like another the brewers were kind of maligned for their hitting development and then now you got garrett mitchell you got joey weimer you got bryce terang all kind of stepping up and and performing better than expected uh from what their minor league performance was suggesting uh so maybe that uh, we're a bit too hard on the brewers hitting development yeah no i uh I kind of like the Brewers, man. I'm I'm into it. I'm into the hitting development. I've I liked a lot of these guys. Um, like Sal Frelick. I got a ton of Garrett Mitchell. Um, or as my friend uh Rob Sherwood would call the G code. I got him all over the place. Um anyway, the next one, Jake Berger. Jake Berger was picked up in a bunch of my leagues this week. Um he's seeing some more increased playing time as well. There's a guy you could have gotten, like even like my 30 team league, you could have gotten Jake Berger for absolutely nothing granted it's like eight plate appearances but there's some opportunity maybe there potentially um i don't know are we buying jake berger i think i'm selling in this one unless you're in like the deepest of the league this is really not somebody i'm all that interested in adding yeah i mean i, I long term he's definitely not that uh that valuable of an asset i, I mean eloy's injured and then uh, yon mancada has some sort of back tightness um, Berger has had a couple, I think, really, really high exit velocities, like two or three um, already. Um, so I, I think this is just a temporary uh, guy you pick up for the next couple weeks, but not a long-term investment. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of agree here as well. Uh, you know, I, whatever. I mean, it's 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 Jake Berger, man. Best to him. Um, he's been through, he's been through you know, some... Some rough times with the back-to-back seasons with the Achilles heels injuries. So that that stinks. Um, Akil Badu, man, I am uh, I am all in on adding a little bit more Akil Badu. An unfortunate situation there with Austin Meadow going on the IL um, with anxiety. You know, it's something that I'll ever um, criticize anyone over. And some of the comments you saw were really ugly. But 
that is beside the point. Um, Batty's back, man. 24 years old. I mean, this guy at 22 years old in 2021, you know, had a pretty damn good season. He had a, just a two-war season just about at 259, 334, 36, 13 homers, 18 steals, and new stolen base rules. I'd love to see Batty kind of find his old form. I'm not buying him in 12-team leagues. Maybe I'll stream him. 16, I would have to have like five outfielders and somebody on the IL um, or a couple guys in the IL. Deeper leagues, if he's out there, absolutely. It's even somebody like in a 30-team league, if if like where you're always looking for that, you know, additional depth and like that bench piece guy that you can kind of add. He's somebody maybe I'd throw like a, late, a mid-round, later-round pick on um, just to see what happens. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of buying on Badu because he's going to have opportunity. I just don't know what it's going to be. Um, and he's still young enough to turn it around, new organization sort of in terms of the front office and some of the things that are going on in Detroit. So I'm in on Badu, man. Like, yeah, give it to me. What do you, what do you let's say you, Dylan? Are you, are you buying or are you flying? <laughs> uh, I, I do like Badu. Um, he, because he's so young and because he, he steals bases, he's kind of like a 15, 20 guy. Um, he he shows well on the sort of like uh, what's his long-term three-year window of value in fantasy because he's still not at his prime. So he's going to get uh, more fantasy value over the next three years. Um, he was hitting at the top of the lineup. So he had a good season, like he said, that one time. The problem is the, the platoon split. So he still can't hit uh, same side pitching and that's lefties. So I, I, I am cautiously optimistic. I know he was picked up in a lot of leagues because Meadows may be out for a long time. Who knows with these, these types of, uh, uh, I don't know what you can't call it injury uh, situations. Um, they could be lingering or it could be, you know, just the 10 days. Um, but yeah, I, I guess my point is I, I'd buy in a dynasty league. I'd buy. Um, I, I wouldn't pay that much. But if you could get a, a 2020 guy with like a 250 batting average for the next three or four years, obviously that's extremely valuable. And that is definitely within the realm of possibility. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go and move on to somebody who's a little bit more interesting, I think, and has a little bit more upside. Um, Josh Lowe. Not Lau. He's an actual Lowe. Lowe. Um, Tampa Bay. Opportunities there. I think the numbers are pretty good as well. Um Still only 25, like there's been power, there's speed. Like it's only 24 plate appearances, but the strikeout rate looks like it's in check. Um, We know like, you know, when he plays, he can be good. It's just a matter of like, there's probably going to be some platooniness to this one. What's your take on Josh Lowe? I think I'm buying on this one actually, Um, but maybe much to my detriment because I always buy it on Lowe. I think it disappoints me, but but are are you buying it on Lowe? Am I gonna buy low? I I this is a there's an emotional uh component to this. I have liked Josh Lowe for a long time and then I was frustrated and uh traded him. And so I, I'm kind of not uh I, I've kind of turned my back on him. But I mean everything here is is looking good, like you said, like the swinging strike is five percent. Uh, the ground ball rate is 26%. He's really getting the ball up in the air. He's not hitting it. He's not rolling it over. The strikeout rate is great. He right now is like a 200 WRC plus. I think the, the issue with him is 
the platoons as well, right? Um, even if he didn't have splits, the the Rays are going to platoon him anyway because that's what they're doing. The 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 opportunity for him now with Jose Siri being injured, I think is is good and increased, and I hope he can run with it. Uh, I do wish him well, um, uh, even despite what I said earlier. I just I I don't know. I'm I'm a bit worried that uh, like I'm more worried in Josh Lowe than Joey Weaver, um, and Akil Badu even maybe. But uh, I don't know if there's any rationale to that. Yeah, I think that is uh, I think that is fairly fairly reasonable. So there you go. But uh, I think those are some good ones. We have some other names here. I don't know if you want to go into. Josh Norris had a great article last week going through some names that had popped in the backfield for scouts. I've seen a bunch of these guys added all over the place. Um, big one for me was Mario Shendrick Martinez. Mario Shendrick Martinez. Martinus. I think I said it right one way or another. It's M-A-I-R-O-S-H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K. Martinus. M-A-R-T-I-N-U-S. It sounds like a spelling bee, but the first name is so long. I feel like I really got to spell it for you. So you know what I'm talking about here. Um, I don't know. I'm buying on it. The numbers are good. Like, he, you know, he hits well. Like, I the reports have been awesome. Um, it's a fun name. If you're in a deep enough league, go after him. I've been going after like, like anywhere that I can add him. I've been at adding Nelson Rada. Um, he's 17 years old. He's not going to be 18 until just about my anniversary, like the 24th of August. So like he is very much 17 years old. Um, this guy wouldn't even be draft eligible until next year if he was in American high school. He's in a full season affiliate. I'm kind of into it. Like, I want to see what happens here. I understand it's the Angels. He's somebody that I am adding, like, all over the place if I can get him because he's fairly free at this point. And if he pops, he pops. Great. Um, you know, I know Justin, Justin Robleski, we talked about last week, um, was also in that article. That's a left-hander for the Dodgers. They had taken the 11th round, coming off of uh, Tommy John surgery in 2021 uh, when he was a transfer. Was, I think he was at. Of course, I'm going to forget now. I want to say it was like uh, I'm going to forget where he was first. I want to say it was Florida State, maybe, and then was at a JUCO, and then or whatever. He ended up at Oklahoma State. And, um, you know, it's left, some of the best left-handed stuff in the Dodgers system. And Dodgers are always loaded, man. They're just, they're just great, right? You can't, can't knock them too much. So um, I don't know if you're buying any of those guys, if there's anybody else you want to mention. I know that we also had a couple other names, but we're pushing up on uh, 50 minutes here. I don't like to go too much longer than that in our podcast. Leave, leave something for the imagination. I mean, I like Nelson Rada. I, I, uh, I have him in one of my uh... – 20 team dynasties because he's so young and he, his, uh, his stat cast was actually pretty good. He had like a plus contact rate. Um, he didn't chase as well. I think it was plus chase rate. Um, his like Z contact minus chase rate was, was like double plus. So like, he's got the good hit tool. Um, and he was so young. And so I have him, he, he, uh, I ran, uh, like you said, uh, <laughs> earlier, I, I ran a preliminary robo scout, of low A, and he is uh, number four, actually. Cam Collier with eight plate appearances, number one. 
number two, Leonardo Balcazar. Number three, Samuel Basalo, the catcher for the Orioles, who uh, has a couple bombs. And then Nelson Rada, just ahead of Elijah Green. So, I mean, these are our very popular names. These are the, the sexy names of low A that uh, you, you want to get. And uh looks like Rowisco is kind of validating that as well. Um, yeah, no, I, I, that article by Josh was just incredible. 50, 50 names. It's always a, like, you were saying how you saw a bunch of these games get picked up in your league. It's the same thing, like Estuar Suero and the Padres got picked up. Martinus got picked up. And not for a buck either. There there was a, there were double-digit bids for these guys. So people who are in the know, they read Baseball America to get the the insights on the uh, the prospects. So it's uh, that that edge I used to have is uh, is rapidly dwindling. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, you know. Um, hey, we're just going to have to tell, I told Josh today on the editorial call, I said, Josh, the next time you drop a banger like this and you got some names, please allow me some, some headway so I can pick these players up in my leagues and I can have the upper hand. And he said, no, 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 Jeff, that's why I'm doing it. I'm doing it for the people. <laughs> first part is true the second part isn't um but you know josh he's a man of the people what can i say josh norris man of the people go and check that article out we're gonna have some more stuff i'm actually gonna have a like 20 plus pitching prospects that could break out in 2023 but they're far less interesting in dynasty there's some names that i'm really interested in and even some guys that i watched this first week uh in baseball baseball is back the full schedule we got college we got draft content that's really heating up we got Major League Baseball. We got all levels of the full season minors going. Um, I'm going to be back in Florida because I just can't stay away, apparently. It's my third Florida <laughs> trip in like a month and a half. So, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, we're going to talk to you next week from Florida. Any closing thoughts, Dylan, before we say goodbye to our wonderful listeners? Uh, the top 400 dynasty list is we're putting the finishing touches on. There's been some movement, you know, Jeffrey Springs is up. Jesus Lizardo's up. The injuries like Edwin Diaz and Painter are down, Cavalli down. So that will be coming out in the next few days. Imminently. Um, it'll be coming out. Um, but yeah, no, just watching baseball, watching my teams, uh, go up and down the standings and, uh, yeah, pretty much enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, thank you for listening once again. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. And uh, we'll see you next week. Best best of luck this week in Dynasty and Fantasy and all else. And we hope that we can help you a little bit. It makes us happy at the end of the day. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.